Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on With the First Pick, we'll take one last look back at Super Bowl 58. Talk about those rookies and second-year players that had the biggest impact on the game. We'll also let Rick weigh in on my latest top 50 big board, which came out last week. As far as I'm concerned, Rick, it's perfect. I imagine you have some thoughts. What are you laughing at? I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman. This is episode 121, and Rick, the last time we did a podcast where you were home and I was home, there were 91 days until the NFL draft. It's been three weeks since we last had a, a powwow here in our respective homes. How many days we got now? Yeah, we have 72 days until the 2024 NFL draft, which is incredible how quickly that's coming along. And as we like to say, there's still a lot of evaluations to be done, especially some of the guys that popped up through these all-star games um, that we're going to have to go back and take a look at. And we're going to talk about them. We'll talk about your um, 50 players etched in oatmeal. I know we'll be able to adjust that accordingly to try to get that corrected today on okay. some areas. Uh, we still have the combine coming up, which I'm excited about. I'm happy to be a part of that, uh, that I can actually go to the combine and actually do my job for this podcast. No, we're happy to have you there. The combine is somehow two weeks away. and We'll do a deep dive into that soon enough. But first, one last look at how these Super Bowl teams are built at least through recent drafts. And Debo will be with us in the Combine as well. I don't think Debo's ever been to Indianapolis, so we'll show him what Indy in February looks like because that's a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll take stay. him to the coffee shop. Yeah, take him to the coffee shop and stay indoors. You can walk all the tunnels, the uh, the rat tunnels that they have from connecting building to building, and you don't even have to go outside, Debo. You won't get sick like uh, yeah. our friend Ryan Wilson did, apparently out all night at those casinos during the, uh, the uh, Super Bowl. I can confirm um, last episode, Ryan said he didn't want to share too much about my personal life and, and I'll share the same courtesy with him. Oh, so I didn't, I was in bed by 11 <laughs> o'clock every night. The smoke filled the Yeah, I went to night, bed at 9.30 last night. <laughs> my goal for Indy, I'm not a coffee guy, but I want to get Rick hooked on kombucha during Indianapolis week. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be Rick's speed. <laughs> I had kombucha. Do you like it? Yeah, it's at the at the farmers market. They have every no. Saturday. They have all no. the vendors. Look at I you. Had a, uh, uh, a, a, I've had a couple cans of kombucha. Look how uh, evolved you are. Okay, well, Debo, yeah. you on another show. No, it's it, it's amazing how you evolve on an island. That's true. You're you know you're still on that deserted island with very little options. You got to expand your horizons. I get it. <laughs> still praying for you, Rick. All right, let's talk about the the how these teams were, were built that made it to the Super Bowl here. The first question I have to ask you. Was it tough watching this game, knowing that the Detroit Lions were so close? 
it was tough watching the game when I'm sitting right next to my brother. Oh, you <laughs> were? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my brother, Chris. my brother came down for the weekend to actually get away from everything. So, oh, no. uh, he was down here over the weekend and we have happily shared that experience together of, of watching the Super Bowl. And as I explained to him, Chris, it isn't as bad as actually getting beat by Debo's Philadelphia Eagles and then having a Super Bowl in your house up in Minneapolis and going to the Super Bowl, uh, watching it in person. So uh, this isn't bad because you're away from it. Um, But it is... Not it's it is bad watching it. So we were had a lot of commentary. It have been a very uh, interesting podcast as me and my brother commented through the uh, Super Bowl, uh, each play, each player, and what had actually happened during the game. I'm guessing that podcast would have needed an explicit warning. No, we were very politically correct. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I look forward yeah. to that. Those tapes being released. All right. Let's start with the old winners there, the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at their draft class from 2023, not a lot of home runs just yet, but the most important player in that draft class, Rashi Rice, the second-round pick out of SMU. We've talked about him. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, there's Rick doing a stand-up routine. Is that Minnesota, Rick, during the Super Bowl? Yeah, that was my uh, bad dad joke segment uh, that I had to come up there and put a smile on my face and how happy I was that the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis and we were – not in it. <laughs> you have Debo to think for that. Look at that. Got your all black outfit on. You look sharp. Yeah, it's kind of a nice look, isn't it? It looked yeah. a lot younger back then. That was not only... as tan, not as not yeah. as well dressed as I am right now with my new island attire that I've been accumulating over the last year. Yeah, look at Are you. Are we allowed to wear? Can I wear my island attire at the uh, combine, or will it be out of inappropriate? No, I think you can wear that. We're actually doing shows outside this year. <laughs> Rick's tough. I don't, he used to go walking in shorts in 30 degree weather. I don't think that's going to This bother. is apparently uh, Lee Steinberg's Super Bowl party in, uh, in 2018 oh. in Minnesota, if if Getty is accurate. What are you doing up there at Lee Steinberg's party? Just introducing the, the folks to the fine state of Min- uh, Minnesota? No, I think I, I won a... Uh, ah, there it is. Yeah, let's just move on in life, can we? All you do is win awards. All right, like Rasheed Rice, just won a Super Bowl ring. Uh, Felix under DK Uzama got a little run in that game because of injuries. Uh, Wanya Morris had to play at points during the year because of injuries. Jamari Connor did do some, we saw him on the field at times as well, but the dude that made the difference was Rasheed Rice. And you could argue that if he didn't come along like he did, they may not get to the Super Bowl because there are very few op- options outside of Travis Kelsey. Justin Watson struggled with drops at times. MBS struggled at drops at times, but it seemed like Rasheed Rice after the second half of the season, Rick sort of flipped the switch and, figured out everything he was supposed to do. And Brady Quinn talked about this last week at the Super Bowl. A lot of times when you're a young wide receiver, your thing is to run as fast as you can. But sometimes when you're especially running across the middle of the field, you don't want to run through a window where the quarterback's trying to get you the ball. So once you sort of figure out those nuances, you can be on the same page with your quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes felt a lot less agitated and annoyed as the season went on with his young players. Yeah, no, when you watch them, you watch them, and we talked about it, I think, on some previous podcasts during the season because he made our pop list on rookies, is that you can see him becoming way more comfortable in the offense where he didn't have to think as much and just went out there and played. And I went back and 
watched some of the playoff games. I watched him in the Super Bowl, and he's not – they didn't get him the ball a lot down the field, but his craftiness as a route runner underneath, his ability to find open seams, I think he ran and plays faster than I anticipated that he was going to play when we watched him coming out of SMU last year. Uh, he's catching the ball more confidently. So a couple of it's like the third down that he made in overtime. There was another one, I think a minute and 40 right before the half where they ran a slant route to him on third and two. Uh, all those, it's like he just looks more confident in what he's doing out there. And he knows, I don't want to say he's arrived, but he knows he belongs. And, you know, you saw the blow up a little bit during uh, the game when he was wide open. Probably could have been a touchdown when he forced the ball to Kelsey. But you can tell this kid belongs where, you know, in the NFL and is going to be a very good receiver. And he's going to be a much better player even going into next year by watching him and how well that he performed down a stretch compared to what he did in the beginning of the year. I'm guessing you don't have any problems with him yelling at Patrick Mahomes. Well, apparently he's arrived that he can do that now. So. Right. <laughs> but again, that's, the, you know, you saw uh, Travis Kelsey kind of get into Andy Reid's face a little bit, which is a, a little bit. It's kind of like when we're on a stage and I say something, uh, you know, about you or something, then you just jump up into my face. It's, it's kind of intimidating. That? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, if Mike Zimmer had a favorite player and that favorite player jumped in his face, would that have ended differently? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Coach Zim was was an excellent football coach, but very intense. I just can't imagine someone doing that to him or, or to Mike Tomlin or to just about anybody, but it seems like they have a special relationship. And I think it's fair to say that Travis Kelsey's probably a meathead. I think he would probably admit that. So he, you know, he got a little fired up in the moment. And in his defense, he was angry about not being out there because Noah Noah Gray whiffed on the block that ended up leading to Isaiah Pacheco's first fumble. And I suppose on some level you want that. He wanted to be out there blocking. It wasn't like he was angry he didn't catch a pass. I, I guess you can make it into a good thing, but it's it's not a great look. No, but I'm, I, it's the Super Bowl. So yeah. it's not like I think I don't think that would happen during a regular season. or. Uh, but when it's the last game of the season and everything's on the line, uh, he just I get he wants to be in there. He wants to play every play he can possibly play to help his team win the, uh, the game, whether it can handle it differently or not. But, you know, there's a lot of intensity uh, that goes along on that sideline. And Andy Reid seemed unaffected other than the part where he almost got crushed by gravity, like gravity almost <laughs> brought him to the ground. Other than that, he, he seemed fine. Like he had seen that before. And by the way, one catch for one yard in the first half and then nine for 93, I think is how Travis ended up. So uh, if he didn't motivate Andy Reid, he certainly motivated himself. All right, let's go to the other side here where, do you think it was motivated because his uh, girlfriend had to fly all the way from Japan to get to the game? Put me in the game. She flew 16 hours. He didn't fly 16 hours. We just stand over here and watch Noah Gray whip on blocks. Let's go. <laughs> and it worked out. Then they were smooching on the sidelines at the end of the game like it was a, a Hallmark movie. There you go. Would, full circle. Yeah, it would have been a Hallmark movie. What if she would have been one of the guests at the halftime show? Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> what'd you think of the halftime show, Rick? Because Debo loved it. I, I loved it. I, I loved uh, every artist on there. I'm a big Alicia Keys fan. Uh, so I, uh, Ludacris, uh, that I, I, I thought it was one of the best shows I've seen. Let's okay. go, Rick. Let's go. <laughs> I think Debo 
unsolicited gave us his top 20 Super Bowl performances of all time. I think Prince came in third. I know you're a big Prince fan too. So you and Debo share some musical. That's only because Beyonce occupied the first two spots. Okay. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I don't know. I put this up there with the Beyonce one. Uh, I still think Prince was the best, but yeah. I always go with Prince, uh, God rest his soul. But uh, this one was this one was better, and I got to see the uh, Justin Timberlake one in Minnesota. We actually were sitting in a suite, field level suite, and Justin Timberlake came out the tunnel right by where we were sitting. And oh my God, my sister in laws and, and and the people <laughs> were. I was like, I, I was like, God, help! I got run over. I've never got hit that hard. That's a different type of fame. Yeah, I yeah. was telling um, I was telling our buddy Pete Prisco that you went to Prince's house to watch a show, and he's like, "That Rube got to go see Prince in person." He didn't even appreciate it. <laughs> I said, "Rick actually knows a little bit about music, uh, just a tad. Not that I'm an expert, but I do know my uh, rhythm and blues and soul." You are our on the road DJ. I happily let you take care of that while you're yelling at me in my driving. So it's a trade off. I get yeah, the music but- and the yelling. All right, but you get us safely to a, a, a coffee shop, even though I'm just getting black coffee everywhere we go. Um, Again, try to make you expand your horizons. You do eat everything in the menu, so I do have an idea of what's good and what isn't. Yeah, very good menu. All right, the 49ers didn't have a first-round pick because of the Trey Lance deal. <clears throat> didn't pick until round three, in fact, and their first third-rounder had an impact. J.R. Brown had the interception to start the third quarter against Patrick Mahomes. Their next third-rounder, a few picks later, Jake Moody, momentarily set the longest field goal in Super Bowl history record, which was a big deal because <clears throat> he had struggled at times this year. And um, obviously that record was broken a uh, short time later by Harrison Bucker, but he also smoked another 50-yarder to keep them in that game, mixed the extra point. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you could argue that had something to do with him going overtime, conversation for another time. But what do you think about Jerry Brown's performance? And um, we can talk about what it means to, to take a rookie, uh, a kicker in the third round. That feels a little rich, but in this in this instance, it seems to have paid off. Yeah, no, when he, the uh, Moody struggled at some points during the season and uh, they stayed patient with him, unlike myself, uh, who cut Carlson after week two because he missed three field goals up in Green Bay. And we ended up still in the league. Green Bay. Yeah, he's still <laughs> in there. It's actually doing pretty well. <laughs> But uh, no, Moody's had a. Uh, there's no question about his arms leg, and his arms uh, leg strength. And the thing that I know was appealing to San Francisco is because of the weather and conditions that they probably have to kick outdoors uh, in their stadium. He did that through his career at uh, Michigan uh, and had a very successful career at Michigan. So they stayed patient and it paid off and it paid off in a big way, hitting 250 plus yard field goals in this game. You know, the missed extra point or the block extra point. I don't know if it was a protection or if it came out low, but for the, you know, he kept them in the game, which is, I think he's going to start uh, trajecting to one of the top kickers in the NFL. Although you don't know about kickers, uh, is it McPherson, who was from Florida, had a phenomenal rookie year with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and it's kind of leveled off a little bit. So, and the Bills uh, kicker too, huh? And the Bills kicker too. He had a, a pretty good start to his season, and then or his career, and the last the last kick wide right didn't help. Yeah, so you just you just got to stay patient with him, and a lot of these special teams coaches 
that is hard to do and is that you have to stay patient and they're going to go through their ups and downs just like any kicker. But, you know, if they have the talent, you believe in them, uh, make sure you handle them the right way because they can be very uh, delicate from a confidence standpoint uh, if they, they miss a couple of, especially the young ones, if they miss a couple of field goals. Yeah, but no one, well, you tell me, it feels like on the outside looking in that no one knows how to scout kickers, how to manage kickers. Is there a plan in place? Or are you just like, when you when the time comes to get a kicker, you who are you deferring to? Uh, a lot of times you're going to defer to your special team coach. Um, so you'll have the special teams coach do a lot of them, go out and work out, work them out privately. A lot of times the special teams coaches feel that they have a grasp on uh, what a kicker and punter, what's good and what's not good. And we relied a lot on our special teams coaches after they went to these private workouts or went on the road and worked these kickers out uh, to come back and tell us what they saw. And if there were flaws, just like any other position, can you correct the flaws? Um, but the mental part of it is the tough part. And that's why you can have your sports psychologists or whatever psychologists you have on staff to hopefully if they do get in a rut, try to help them kind of get through that. Uh, but stay patient. Yeah. Which is uh, a good advice for Matt LaFleur, who had Carlson's brother who missed that game right. at the end of the playoff game when they had a chance to beat the 49ers too. All right, let's talk about Jared Brown, also a third-round pick. Didn't start playing until Talanoa Hufanga got hurt. Hufanga was having a good season. Uh, Jair ended up being a rookie All-Pro, as Debo reminded me a few weeks ago out of Penn State. Had that interception. Uh, what would you see when you back and watch him? Yeah, just watching him, I saw some of the same strengths and weaknesses that I saw coming out of Penn State. I still think Brisker is a better athlete. You know, he came up with some big plays. Uh, if I can go out of bounds here and talk when I was banned uh, from talking <laughs> about things during the playoffs, uh, I did go back and peek at a few snaps. Oh, playoffs. my gosh, you did not do that. Yeah, I did. That was illegal, but I just I can't help myself. It just had to, I got to know if you're going to ask me. I want to do right. the work. So I apologize, Debo, for going, uh, maybe crossing the line to watch some tape during the playoffs. To and, make us all uh, better, you you took a chance. Thank you. Yeah, so hopefully you'll forgive me for that and I can continue on. But I can talk about this game in particular is I think that everything – needs to happen in front of him. They played him a lot of free safety. They put him really deep. He is best when he reacts to routes or plays that are in front of him. Very good angles. He's physical. Uh, all the stuff that you see when he came out, he's a willing hitter, a lot like Fuganga, uh, who came out of USC. Uh, but I think where he gets into trouble is when he has to turn his hips or if he gets extended down the field. And we saw that on that deep post route, I think, Hardman caught one yep. uh, uh, down there deep uh, on a deep post, and he was a little sticky, a little tight getting out of his turn uh, and closing to that one uh, where they had the big play. But other than that, maybe that's why they play him deep because he's so much more effective when he can react to stuff that is happening in front of him. He didn't play as well from what I heard uh, in the Detroit game. Uh, just some people and me sneakingly watched a player or two on that. Uh, did not play as well, but I thought he played very well in this uh, Super Bowl and down the stretch. And he got more comfortable the more reps he got in that defense as well. 
Yeah, and you have to hit on these guys when you are not picking in the first and second round. They also drafted Cameron Latu, who we spent some time with during the pre-draft process. The tight end out of Alabama didn't play this year. And Darren Luter out of South Alabama, who we saw at the Senior Bowl last year, he was the poor soul that had the ball hit him on the punt that Ray Ray McLeod couldn't recover, led to a quick Mahomes to MBS touchdown strike to get them back on the board. Uh, some other guys, they drafted D winners. I think you like D a little bit more than I do, linebacker. Uh, yeah, undersized guy, very instinctive, not very strong taking on the, the point, but he's the modern-day NFL linebacker that seems to find a role in a niche. Also, Braden Willis, my guy out of Oklahoma, who uh, had a false start, I believe, <laughs> and his little his uh, little cameo appearance. And Ronnie Bell, uh, another of these speedster wide receivers they seem to draft to. Didn't come on yet. He had a little little run in the middle of the season, but um, someone to look forward to going forward. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of these year two players, especially on the Chiefs, that proved to be difference makers in the Super Bowl right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Rick, this 2022 Chiefs class might be, if you discount the quarterback position, might be one of the best draft classes I can remember. I'll just read you the list of names. Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis went in the first round. They both played big parts. And Trent McDuffie might be one of the best slot corners in the NFL right now. My goodness. Uh, Sky Moore hasn't yet hit his stride. Uh, Brian Cook was playing really well, too. He had an ankle injury uh, late in the season, the safety out of Cincinnati. Leo Chanel, the linebacker, played a big part in this game. Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State. Had some run. Jalen Watson, the seventh rounder, and Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh rounder. Watson's a corner. He started last year at times as a rookie. Played some this year, and of course, you know, Pacheco did. Um, Two-time Super Bowl champ now. Off the top of your head, is there a better rookie class or a contributing class than this one that doesn't include a Joe Montana or Tom Brady? No, take out the quarterback because the quarterback's either the, you know, the one that will stick out the most, but they won a Super Bowl last year because of their rookie draft class. Right. And especially Absolutely. on the defensive side of the ball. And we've talked about this is when a team is paying a quarterback, and I think Mahomes probably should get a raise here pretty soon, uh, that you're going to have to hit on these rookies. But I thought Spags, the defensive coordinator, did a phenomenal job understanding the strengths and weaknesses of each of these rookies and how he utilized them on the defensive side of the ball. They're in total lockstep with the coaching staff on the skill set that's needed to play at each position. So you, the corners all look about the same as far as physically uh, and their skill sets. You know, Snead a couple of years ago, I believe, was a fourth round pick, and he's going to be a corner that gets paid 
maybe the top corner coming out in this year's UFA class. And he was a safety um, his last year, Louisiana Tech. Yeah. He had to move out yeah. there, came back in, obviously, and they knew what they were getting. Right. So they have the, the an idea, a really good idea on this is what plays in our defense. This is what we're looking for. And those guys go out to uh, get those players. So they are really doing a good job marrying up the scheme with the type of personnel that they're drafting. And this year's rookie draft class, not as big of an impact. And you're always going to have some misses. I don't know if Sky Moore is a miss or not yet, but I know why they drafted him because he was a crafty slot receiver coming out of Western Michigan. Uh, that can work all the underneath stuff, but all of a sudden you're seeing Rasheed Rice starting to take that type of role. Right. Yeah, and they could draft another one. This wide receiver class is certainly deep. Uh, just as a note, the, the 2021 class, the class before the one we're just talking about here, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, Noah Gray, Trey Smith is a starter along the offensive line as well. Let me ask you this about Creed Humphrey. Great player. Why Why is it so difficult to stamp the ball to the quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> it, he didn't have an issue. I never really noticed it during the season, and all of a sudden. Chiefs fans Super- are complaining about it, but, yeah, it seemed to, to pop up a lot in the postseason. Yeah, it's just low snaps on the – and whether it was the slickness of the ball, but you think a guy that's as talented as he has and has played as long as he has at the position uh, in college and he's still a young guy in the NFL, that that should be, you know, you, you almost take it for granted. But for whatever reason, there were a couple of low snaps, and thank goodness that uh, Mahomes is such a great athlete and maybe that baseball background like you have uh can scoop up some of those low uh snaps uh and not not have effective play the guy that what drove me crazy just a college kid that i believe went to the transfer portal was the uh, alabama center uh and watching them through the playoffs and through the season i just couldn't understand how hard is it now maybe it is way more difficult than we're trying to explain when you got you know a Tavondra Tavondra sweat yeah breathing down your neck as you're getting ready to snap the ball um, but it should be something that's easily corrected. And I'm sure uh, Creed would not, you know, they would they would definitely work on that. But it was bizarre that you've seen some of those snaps that you saw in the Super Bowl, especially. You think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to end up being a good player? I think he has a chance to be, uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, looking at the 2022 draft class for the 49ers, uh, Drake Jackson, I remember he got drafted as one of these not projects, but physically a guy you draft and you can work with. Um, Tyrion Davis-Price, I thought, was a curious selection of the third round, the running back at LSU. Danny Gray, I loved coming out of SMU. He played played with uh, Rashi Rice. Hasn't gotten any run yet in two years. Spencer Burford got some playing time throughout the season and in the Super Bowl. And the only other name of note was Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. So Brock Purdy basically saved that draft class, and it went from an F to B plus, maybe even an A, because Brock Purdy... Brock Purdy did nothing for the to cause the 49ers to lose that game. I thought he played relatively well. He didn't have any Patrick Mahomes moments. Uh, I thought if they were able to block Chris Jones on that third down in overtime, he could throw a touchdown to either Ayuk or to Jawan Jennings, but he didn't have that opportunity. Otherwise, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, and it, we talked about this, I believe, on a last podcast of different philosophies where, you know, uh, Kansas City's going up more than likely invest in their own. The only place where they invest outside of who they draft is spot uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then San Francisco has been a little bit more aggressive in free agency and trades. 
because of the Super Bowl window that they're in right now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because I think, and you know, you know better than I do, it doesn't necessarily matter that the 49ers are 21st in salary cap space. I think they have a couple million available. I think the Chiefs have like 20 million available, but that can change um, with some tweaking of contracts, so on and so forth. But it does feel like, as I look at the list here, Chase Young, Clee Farrell, Javon Kinlaw, Randy Gregory, Jawan Jennings, those are all free agents for the 49ers. And you feel a little better about the Chiefs, who have some guys like Chris Jones and Jerry Sneed. Even if you have $20 million available right now, you can restructure Travis and Patrick Mahomes. You could find that money probably to big-time pay Chris and Legereus. Yeah, you want to try it. They weren't able to do it last year, to, especially Chris Jones. Now, Snead, they may let out. I don't know because they've been pretty good at identifying young corners to come in and be able to participate and That's play true. well. But Chris Jones is a monster. <laughs> That's hard to find at that position. And I don't think there's any defensive tackle that's coming out this year that can replace a Chris Jones. So if you're going to invest in a guy, like I said, they skirted it last year. They were able to hold it together. Remember, Chris Jones was actually watching the Detroit game on opening night in a suite uh, before they were able to come up with a contract extension. Uh, So hopefully they'll be able to figure out a way. To me, if I'm in the general manager's seat and I understand how good Snead is, but I can also understand we've been pretty good at drafting corners over the last couple of drafts, but I can't replace a Chris Jones and he's right in the prime of his career. And he is what makes the engine tick on that defensive side of the ball. So 29 is not too old for a four year deal. No, 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 no. Yeah. You see those uh, defensive tackles continue to play into their thirties at a high level. Yeah. Cam Hayward's in his mid thirties. Cam Jordan is probably close to that. They're older 30s. Fact. Yeah. By the way, Debo knows that McDuffie, that selection was was uh, used with the picks they got for the Tyree Kill trade. So that worked out, which is wild to say. And uh, Debo also knows that Mahomes was drafted 10th in that, I think, 2017 class. If you hadn't traded for Sam Bradford, you'd have the 14th pick. <laughs> Imagine if you traded up four picks for Patrick Mahomes. You wouldn't be talking to me right now. <laughs> yeah, what well, you call me. Just say, <laughs> Uh, did you guys even do any work on the quarterbacks or cause you had Teddy? So no, Oh, you did do it, but not extensive. Yeah. Well, we had Teddy. So Teddy was, I think the second year went to the pro bowl, second, right. or third year. So you you know, like looking said, deep. we weren't looking, we loved Teddy. I loved his leadership, loved what he was doing. He was one of those guys that just goes out and wins football games for you. And like I said, who knows if he didn't have that devastating injury right before the season, uh, where Teddy would be and if he would be one of these top quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, you still might not be talking to me if Teddy had had avoided that knee injury. All right. Let's take a quick break, and uh, I'm going to do some mental reps here because Rick's going to go through my top 50 and tell me everything he loves about it. And then 10 seconds after that, he will tell me <laughs> things he hates about it. Right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So, Rick, I had to leave uh, Las Vegas on Friday night, which I was actually happy to do, but I missed Kate Abdo, Terry Henry, Micah Richards. They were on set. I got I missed seeing those guys in person. That was actually one of the few things I wanted to do. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> you don't feel bad for me? No. I feel bad for you having to do this top 50 while you were sick and trying to do it on the plane. <laughs> I actually did the top 50. Uh, Radford dropped you off at the airport in Mobile, so I came back and did that at the at the hotel, so I was feeling okay then. Yeah, um, uh, yeah well, that's... Debatable? Debatable. <laughs> All right, let's go through it. Yeah, because so, we're under 100 days, so I can be a, a little bit sarcastic with you. Yeah, you wasted 28 now. days because you had your little side gig going on there. You couldn't be mean to me uh, on television. And now we're back. So I don't know, Debo, if you have it printed out for people who are watching, but at the top is Caleb Williams, of course. And um, what number? Uh, number seven. That's where Rick has his first issue. So yeah, I, I didn't understand this. Well, let me go through the top six, and then you can start yelling and screaming. Marvin Harrison, Jr., Number two, Olaf Oshnu and Joe Alt, three and four. Brock Bowers, the tight end of Georgia at five. Dallas Turner, edge rusher, six. And then Drake and Jaden Daniels, quarterback, seven and eight. Rick, the floor is yours. Yeah, I can understand Caleb. Uh, I can understand Marvin. I agree with that. I just don't know how Drake May, you can hammer that hard. Um, seven? Yeah. Uh, when... If you when you're looking at this, Fashanu, right? We all know what he is as an athletic pass protector, but he needs to get more consistent in the run. Alt is the steady as they come, the most pro ready to start, but how big is his upside? Bowers is are you still a, of the opinion that Fashanu is ahead of Alt? Yes. Okay. Because of the upside. Okay. So I, I but I can't understand why you wouldn't say Drake May is better at his position than those two offensive tackles. Not that either of them are going to go in the top 10, but I would definitely put Drake May ahead of those offensive tackles. You mentioned Drake May, but you don't mention Jaden Daniels. I find that very interesting. Jaden Daniels is, I like Jaden Daniels a lot. Uh, and we talked about Jaden Daniels, a little bit of a one-year wonder. but uh, That's a big thing with you. Yeah, but I think that he's going to be a very good quarterback in the league as well. But And you know the. I know you know this isn't your mock, so you know the quarterbacks are going to go. But this, I'm assuming, you're just going off of purely what you saw on tape. And I just don't I, – I think you're underestimating what Drake May is going to be as a pro. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, you could be right. I don't push – I'm not going to push back too hard against that. And I have to guard against all the noise about where I am on, I am on Drake May. I like Drake May. But you got to be careful when people keep chirping in your ears or just stuff you read about, well, he can't do this, he can't do that. He didn't do this last year for UNC. He's a good player, and I have to go back and keep reading my notes and realizing that he is a good player. I'm not convinced that Jane Daniels is going to be better than him, but we don't know is the other thing. But based on the, the body of evidence, Drake May has more big plays consistently over two years than Jaden did. Jaden had to leave uh, Arizona State for a reason, obviously. 
Um, so I get what you're saying, but look, your comp for him when it was a good thing was, was Trevor Lawrence back in the summer. Mine was Daniel Jones and both are, both are, aren't home runs. Like the, the point is you just don't know. Yeah, but he's a better athlete than uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones. is a great athlete. He's a good athlete, but I think Drake May is a smoother thrower, a more accurate thrower. And I'm just going off my two-year window. I understand some of the issues, but I think because they did not have the same talent around him, uh, same defense around him, that he tried to force some things he probably will not well, who knows when he gets to the NFL, but he just can't force some of the decisions that he made. But right. he makes some incredible throws on yes. platform for his size. And I think he's got incredible arm talent. And I'll just never forget the game I watched live and just watching him physically and how he moved around and how the ball came out of his hands two years ago when they uh, were down at the University of Miami playing in Hard Rock Stadium. That's another lesson. What we all were convinced that Tyreek Stevenson was a bum. He just had a bad game. Yes. So one game does not define a person. And by the way, we may be sitting in a situation where we have to apologize to Pete Prisco because the infrastructure around Will Levis will be such that he will be a much better player with Brian. And I don't care what that will never happen. I will never apologize to Pete Prisco for anything. You're right. Just to be clear, we're happy for Will Levis to have success. That will have nothing to do with our relationship. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I mean, all right. How high are you putting Drake then? Three? Yep. All right, where are you putting Jaden? Uh, I would put him at because uh, everybody's running him up the board. I would put him. I would put him at six. All right. I, I think you're okay with where he's at. Is Brock Bowers dropping out? Like, is Brock Bowers a top I, five? I, I love Brock Bowers. I think he's a difference maker. So, would you take him with a top five pick? Yes. Wow. Now. Can't take it back. <laughs> I think he is one of the top five players in the draft. I agree with that. I don't think he's going to go that high. I don't know if he goes top no. 10. He could, but it, I don't know if he will just based on history. All right. We'll move down the list a little bit here. All the way to 32. I think Debo's where I don't know if that helped you out, Debo, or not, in terms of the spreadsheet, the thing I sent you with the top 50 guys on it. Brian Thomas Jr., LSU. I had him at 32 on my list. You thought that was a little too low. Here's what I would ask you. Can he do more than just run deep routes and make contested catches over people? I'm sorry. Is that a uh, negative? No, but Roma Dunze has versatility where he can do that, but he can do other things I, as well. I, I agree with Roma Dunze ahead of him. What I did agree with is Keon Coleman ahead of him. Yeah. I think this guy is going is faster. He's more fluid. He makes more consistent catches and contested situations. He's got some magic with the ball in his hands after the catch. And I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson was a little bit of an afterthought because everyone was watching Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at the time. Um, But I think this kid's got a chance to be pretty special at the next level. And I think after neighbors and a Dunze that he would be my fourth receiver off the board. I'm not even going to push back on that because Keon Coleman struggled a little bit with drops in the middle of the season and he flashed in the early game against LSU. And um, yeah, no, I get it. You think he's a better athlete than Keon Coleman? Yes. Yes. Way more, more fluid. Okay. All right. Let's see what other wide receivers I have there. Is he, he's the only one between those two. Yeah. So that's the only one. Yeah. You only had, uh, 
four receivers in your top 32, which is bizarro land to me, but that's fine. Adonai Mitchell, are you putting him there? He's a 34? No, he's way too high. Well, who is the other wide receiver you want to put in there? Xavier Leggett's at 35. Jalen Polk's no. at 36. No, you're, you're good. I'm just, I'll just say that. I just think there may be some more receivers. Now, Lad McConkey's at 42. He could certainly move up. I love me some Lad McConkey. Yep. And who's your hey, guy? Hey, Rick, pre, pre-combine, I just want to get you on record. Pre-combine, do you have Neighbors or Dunze, wide receiver two? Neighbors. Neighbors, pre-combine, post-combine, pre-season, post-season, Neighbors. No question. Is Neighbors closer to Marvin than Adunze is to Neighbors? Marvin. Harrison. Yes, he is. Okay. I don't think you're alone in thinking that. Where's Ricky yes. Pearsall? Is he your t- is he a top twenty player for you? Who? Ricky Pearsall, the guy you loved at the no senior bowl. No, he's a Friday guy. He did have a good senior bowl though. All right. You were also angry about Ennis Rakestraw Jr., the cornerback out of Missouri, played alongside Chris Abram Strain and our guy Darius Robinson, plays along the defensive line. 48's too low. We didn't see him at the Senior Bowl, unfortunately. I'm just going off what I saw on tape. I know there's been some first-round buzz. Do you think he's a first-rounder? I think he's going to be edging at the bottom of that first round, yes. I think he may be the next corner right after Kool-Aid on your list. I have Kool-Aid at 23. Are you okay with Cooper DeGene being ahead of uh, Kool-Aid at a couple yes. spots? Okay. Yeah. But I think uh, watching him – Rack straw is he is a tone setter on defense. He he reminded me of a poor man's um just as I go through my Rolodex, his style of play uh is of Witherspoon, who yeah. came out of Illinois last year. That type of physicality at the corner position. And also quote unquote undersized, didn't matter. No. This guy is a tone setter on defense for a corner that's rare. And are you okay with Quinion Mitchell being my cornerback one at 12? I am um, right now. I would have Terry Arnold ahead of him. Okay. But I think it's pretty close. I think he, as we go through this pre-draft, I think Terry Arnold's Arnold hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he's going to be. Yeah. He's at 15 on my list right now. And by the way, speaking of Terry Arnold, he's the one that intercepted JJ McCarthy. Just got his foot out of bounds in the first play of that. He had five, I think, four or five interceptions after the uh, coming down the stretch the last four games. He's got a little uh, uh, digs to him um, that uh, Dallas drafted. I think he has a chance to be a special corner in this league. He's just big and so smooth athletically, and he's just scratching the surface. And he can catch, which sometimes defensive backs can't do. Diggs was a converted wide receiver, I believe, like his yes. brother. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the guy that he almost intercepted had he not stepped out of bounds. J.J. McCarthy, did that make my top 50? That made you very angry. <laughs> I thought maybe it was a mistake. Uh, so if you're saying that number 50, whoever's on 50 on your list, and J.J. McCarthy isn't better than that guy. Or Cameron JJ Kitchens, McCarthy. safety out of Miami. You would take Kitchens over McCarthy is what you're saying. To play safety, yes. <laughs> play quarterback, maybe. <laughs> Here's the thing. I look at it this way. Is he is he a top two-round pick guy for me? It's close. Yeah, I don't know why he's a first-round pick. He's going to be a top 15 pick. Explain it to me again like I'm a three-year-old. 
God, we go through this every time. And it's getting, I know he it's, wins football games. I get that. It's getting Tim, annoying. It's, <laughs> Dylan Gabriel does what games. he's asked to do at Michigan. He's a good enough athlete, a better athlete than you give him credit for. He's, he's a great athlete. A better arm than you give him credit for. I think when you go back and just watch the TCU game in the bowl game and watch all the throws he made now, uh, watching him against the Bowling Green Falcons this year, uh, it was unfalcon believable that he threw <laughs> that, three picks. I couldn't could remember that joke. That's what it was. Unfalcon believable. That's the one I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, he does what he's asked to do in that offense. They have a really good run game. I think he's smart. I think he knows how to win games. He is. Is he going to be a Pro Bowl, Patrick Mahomes? No, but. I think he is a better version of Jimmy G when Jimmy G came out. Is he better than Will Levis coming out? Yes. Why? Because he's more athletic. He can put touch on the ball. I think that he will improve as a pro because they'll highlight some of the things that he does well. He makes some incredible throws and some tight windows, a la the throw in the uh, – end zone between six defenders against Ohio State this year. I don't think he saw two of those defenders. <laughs> <laughs> he can make all the throws necessary at the NFL level, and I think he just has tremendous upside, and he's a winner. Uh, for what it's worth, we'll be doing HQ shortly. I do have J.J. going in the first round based on the uh, – look at the face you're making – based on the, the mock draft that you and I – How can you be so – Wishy-washy? Yeah. I but mean, this you is don't have him I... in your top fifty, but yet you're give, you're going to have him go in the first round. Actually, hate him. You don't even have him in the top fifty. I don't how hate could him. You, how could how does that justify your mock draft? Because I knew you were coming on, and I was trying to make you happy. Because you're going to just say, "Well, they're basically what you're saying is wherever you had him going, if it, well, where'd you, where's he going? That this team is the dumbest team ever to draft. <laughs> so I can't wait to get." I can't uh, remember where, but you had them going. You had them going to the Broncos, so maybe the Broncos is who I had them going to. So I'm not calling George dumb at all. I'm just I was going in your footsteps. Okay, well I can't wait to have that GM uh, on the stage at the uh, combine, and Ryan has them not in the top fifty yet. Your dumbass <laughs> is willing to take him in the first round, but what Ryan, can I say about you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, you would 100% throw me under that bus. I got oh, it. in a heartbeat. Yeah, because it's <laughs> within 100 days. <laughs> and then you'll be like, all right, back it up this way. Yeah. You missed part of them. Uh, yeah, so I'll have to look at my mock draft and see exactly where I had JJ going. But I had, oh, I had him going ahead of Michael Penix Jr. too. So that really hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you that doing make, with, what are we doing with our lives right now? That is I don't understand it. I don't understand your logic or how you can come up with, a guy not in the top 50 going in the teens. Because it's made for television. This is how television works. It's the peak behind the curtain. I would take okay. Michael Penix Jr. over J.J. all day. But for the I, purposes I don't of, understand, then, what, what are you doing mock draft-wise? Are you trying Well, I have to, to mix it up, Rick, because every week our buddy Jack or Noah asks for a, a different mock draft. So I'm, I'm trying to create embrace debate. Is that what they say, Debo? I'm trying to embrace debate. Embrace debate? Yeah, that, that was a talking point when the, the talk shows were all the rage a few years ago. Okay, well, I'm embracing debate. Uh, I still don't understand how he could not be in the top 50. Why don't you just throw like a seventh rounder in there to create I think debate? That's, here's the thing. If I put Brock Purdy in there a couple of years ago, everyone would have laughed at me, and now it would look like a genius. That's the whole thing. You just don't know. 
You just don't know, Rick. <laughs> you you had Purdy as a first rounder, correct? Yeah, at the end of the 2021 season, like the year before before he decided to come back, he was in my first round after he had a pretty good junior year. What do you think of that, Rick? Yeah, you you're a, a soothsayer or whatever that the people see in the future. Soothsayer, no, you got it. Right. Look at that. I mean, we're not going to mention Jamie Newman. We're definitely not going to do that, but we will mention Brock Purdy. Jamie Newman. What happened? He transferred for Wake to Georgia, and then he didn't play because who played at Georgia that year? Oh, it was uh, what's his face? The old guy Stetson. Man, wild times. Yeah, don't mention Jamie Newman. I forgot. Also, I saw a throwback. I think to that same class, Carson Strong just officially retired. I noticed that he retired. He had chronic knee injuries. He was a good football player. I don't know if you liked him the way he played. <laughs> Rick, a little quirky, a good football player. Roma Dunze. Yeah, Rick's not crazy about him. All right. Yeah, he retired. I wish him all the best. You want to take a break here, Debo? Or you want to keep going? Let's take one more quick break. All right, one more quick break, and then we'll. Uh, this will be a short segment because we're going to talk about the Rick, by the players that I had ranked too high, according to Rick Spielman, right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, Rick, we talked about the quarterbacks a little bit. You didn't push back too hard on Quinion Mitchell being CB1 at 12 out of Toledo, had a really good Super Bowl, great season. But you weren't crazy about Nate Wiggins' cornerback two at 13 out of Clemson. No, and I didn't understand this one. I understand he has some speed. He can put, you know, he's better in run support. Um, But how you have him ahead of Terion Arnold, is Bizarro Land to me and Cooper DeJean. I think he's behind both of those guys. Oh, both of those guys. Why Cooper? I thought you were down on Cooper. You talked about moving to safety or something. No, I like Cooper. I just think he gives you some position flexibility that he can play outside. He can play safe. He can play numerous spots. And those guys have value. uh, And the punt return, except he just has to learn how to fair catch. (laughs) I rewatched that. I don't even think that was his fault. That was terrible. No, that was a terrible call against the uh, as Minnesota University of Minnesota yeah. Gophers. Yeah, I've liked Nate since the summer, and he hasn't really moved that far for me. But I get it. I mean, Cooper, I like a lot too. Terion, I need to watch more of because I, I was convinced he was going to return to school, and he didn't. So I got to go do some more homework on him. But uh, all right, I'm not mad at you for that one. For some reason, you don't like my 29th guy on the list here, who I've been. No. High on for a while. Had a really good senior bowl. Patrick Paul plays with an edge. You don't want him at 29. Had him ahead of Graham Barton. Let's see some other offensive linemen on that list. Jordan Morgan, Christian Jones. Those Any of those guys you like better? 
No, I think he's not in the top twenty. You know, like I looked at, it, I don't understand why you had him ahead of Graham Barton. I think Graham Barton comes in as a day one starter. I do think the kid has upside. Patrick Paul does, but then when I'm looking at this list, uh, I mean to say that you have Patrick Paul ahead of Brian Thomas Jr. and Chop Robinson was bizarro land to me as well. <laughs> um. Is Graham Barton? Better you justify than... that. I, I want you to justify it. How can you have them ahead of Brian Thomas Jr. and Chop Robinson? I want to see a little bit more from Brian Thompson Jr. in terms of route running. I mean, I get it. Being Mike, uh, what was his name? Mike, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Who's the Steelers guy that just ran go routes all the time from Ole Miss? Mike Wallace. God, how did I forget his name? Mike Wallace, there's some value in that. I get it. He's can... way more gifted snagging the ball and big play ability as far as going up over top of DB. Yeah. Mike Wallace was a straight line speed guy. We signed Mike Wallace from Pittsburgh in Minnesota. Right. So I know Mike Wallace, but he wasn't near as nifty through his lower body or as flexible through his lower body as this kid is. This kid is. I agree. So. And, and I think Chop Robinson, I think he's just a no fault of his own it's gotten lost in the mix after the season i think he's going to make a move once the combine comes around and he balls out there i liked him a lot um in the fall i thought he was he played with one of the highest motors of anyone is he undersized do you think or no he's he's fine a little undersized but the guy plays with his hair on fire and right. he's a going jesse and but know. the other thing is what's more important uh uh an offensive tackle or an edge rusher i mean they're probably similar value yeah i mean you're gonna pay your pass rushers and you're gonna pay your tackles one but I just, you got to look at the depth, you know, because uh, I'm not so sure that Jordan from Arizona is not Morgan is right, uh, right there with him or ahead it of could him. be, I feel like Patrick had a better, uh, better anchor, but you may disagree with that. I do. Yeah, that's okay. Thank Christian you. Jones at 39 is a, is a... <laughs> now that uh, you've approved of me disagree with you, I can sleep way better at night. Yeah. We are definitely inside the, the, the 100 days there. Uh, Graham Barton, is he – where does he rank compared to Peter Skaronsky? Because I don't think he's Peter Skaronsky. No, I think okay. – uh, I'm not saying he's Peter Skaronsky, but I think he is going to get drafted in the 20s. And, you think so? Yep. And okay. I think that he will be moved inside and he'll be a day one starter wherever he ends up. Won't, get, won't be taken before Jackson Powers Johnson, though. No. I love Jackson Powers Johnson. Yeah. I don't know anyone that doesn't like that, that young man. All right. That fine young man. Fine young man. And finally, number 47 on the list, McKinley Jackson, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Also, I thought he had a good senior bowl. I liked his um, tape in the fall. You were a little surprised to see his name on this list. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking. At, I know he's a big, thick, short, wide body, kind of two-gapper. He flashed a little bit better at the senior bowl and some pass rush stuff. I think he's a two-down lineman, but if you're going to go with a big, thick, wide body, I mean, don't you think Sweat, Trevondre Sweat, uh, is a better player than McKinley Jackson? And Trevondre Sweat didn't even make your top 50. Do you think uh, – so you don't think McKinley's a three-down player? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's a that's a, that's a a problem then because Trevondre certainly isn't either, right? Do you think he's a three-down player? McKinley? I think more so than Trevondre. Do you think he's a three-down player? Yeah. You would put him on third-down rush. Why wouldn't I? 
I'm just a scout in the corner, just trying to create. Oh my gosh. I'm looking as I've done because of the Rick Spielman thing. I don't look at the measurables. You know what his measurables are? Hmm. Six, one and a half, three thirty-one. Yeah. He's he's a SpongeBob. Yeah. (laughs) What'd you say? SpongeBob? SpongeBob. (laughs) Big thick square. But even if he's not a three down player, you can't be drafted in the first two rounds. If you're only a two down player. I'm not saying he, He's not a he's not a first two round guy. He didn't do enough um, for me on college day to say okay. two down. I mean that he's a a, a top forty seven pick. I mean the guy that I went back, I got to do more work on is Nealon. Was the other kid that I thought I would take a swing at before him? Who? Marshawn Nealon from Western Michigan. Oh right, yeah, but he's more of an outside guy. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying I would have him ahead of. McKinley and myself, Jackson. I'm, but who am I? Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> I don't know anything. What about Dwayne Carter at the Duke? Uh, I would take Carter ahead of him, probably. Although I don't think Carter showed up too much at down at the Senior Bowl. No, so, I thought he had a better season. Carter? And I had Carter. I thought he had a better season than Senior Bowl. Yeah, and yeah, then the Clemson kid who was supposed to be in the Senior Bowl, Rook, or uh, I can never pronounce his name. Right. Okay, Debo, I know we have to wrap it up here, um, but I have a couple of dollar bets. Oh, yeah, let's do it. combine So, first and dollar bet. Even, don't just make them so you win the dollar. No, I, I'm doing them that uh, off of your top 50 no, right no. now. All right. So, Terry on Arnold and John Cooper will go ahead and eight Wiggins. That's a dollar each. All right, both those names have to, Debo. If one doesn't, I win. Okay, uh, Graham Barton, Brian Thomas Jr., and Chop Robinson all go ahead of Patrick Paul. Oh, why don't you say Graham Barton in the 20s? I think that's a little no, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, whatever you want. I mean, you're so far behind on dollars, it's like I think as I let you make the bet, and then McKinley Jackson does not go in the second round, I'll guarantee that. You'll guarantee it. Yes. All right. All right. We'll do that for now. Okay. It is also February. Oh, here's some tough ones, though. I think that, uh, how about this one for a dollar? What? Uh, Brian Thompson Jr., Thomas Jr., goes ahead of Keon Coleman. That's an interesting one. All right. You can have Brian Thompson on, uh, Brian Thomas on that one. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about Keon the way he finished the season. I'm not going to lie to you. Does Johnny Newton go ahead of Byron Murphy? Mm, I'm going to go, I'll bet you a dollar on uh, Byron Murphy. Do you, you say Byron goes first? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take Johnny on that one. Maybe that, that's might be my best chance to win $1 out of 10 bets here. Well, I didn't make the list. You made the list. I was just asked to correct it's, the list. It's also February 13th. It's, it, we have 72 days. A lot can change. Okay. Did you get all those, Debo? Yeah, we'll have an update on the next episode. Uh, we have a couple of combine bets based on the speed that a couple guys run. So we'll, we'll have an update next episode. And we're also going to tackle some of those five-star prospect reviews that you've been leaving. Oh, good. Good, good. Am I allowed uh, to watch tape again, Debo? <laughs> you can do whatever. I'm, I'm so impressed by your Usher take earlier that you're back in my good graces. <laughs> Yeah, Rick walking on his house with his shirt off like oh, that. And listen to HQ today, Debo, because I disagree with the uh, 
who in the heck that he gave the Philadelphia Eagles a receiver in his latest mock draft. Oh, which I did. Is absolutely bizarre land to me. They have two but receivers. Everyone else is out of contract. I know, but there's a hundred corners out there that you just the, the, Debo. I know you're just the producer and the uh, boss of this show, but in your area of expertise, when you have all these corners sitting there, why would you take a receiver when there's a hundred receivers in a second and third round and about? not take one of these top corners? I so you know I, what Slay is and what Bradbury is. Oh, if if it gets Bradbury off the field, I'll I'll draft. 10 corners in this draft um, corner and then line before I, I go after receiver offensive sure. or defensive line either offensive line. I mean, you drafted every fat guy out of Georgia the last three years in the offensive line. You drafted, get a ton of guys. What are we doing? I mean, Reddick is, no, he wants to be traded, potentially being traded. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham are, are on, on the wrong side of 30 and in, in their mid thirties. I, I think that's something you always want to beef up. That rotation got a little thin this year. We don't know about Kelsey. Cam Jurgens has not been what we expected through two years. I Blaine Johnson's mid thirties. All I want to know is can we bet a dollar that the Philadelphia Eagles do not take a receiver in the first round with their first? No, we can't bet a dollar on some random mock draft that I did in the middle of, of February. Get out of here. That is <laughs> if you good, do a mock Ryan, draft, huh? I don't think Ryan's ever said no to a one dollar bet. And I think that's the first time. I'm so going to be down fifty dollars before we get to Valentine's Day. And here's the other thing, Rick. If you do a mock draft, then we can do all the dollar bets you want off of that mock draft. How about that? I, I'm not supposed to do a mock draft. It's not my contract. Not your I'm, contract. Just a, I'm just a consultant in the corner. All right, hey, before we get out of here. Small update. Um, we had a $1 bet on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Neither of you hit that since C.J. Stroud won. Uh, Ryan had B. John Robinson. Rick had uh, Jordan Addison. Rick and was closer. Rick is up a dollar because... Wildly, this was a bet we made in the preseason. Stetson Bennett did not start two games this year for the Los Angeles. <laughs> what a terrible bet that was. That was so stupid. All right, before we get out of here, I'm looking at my most recent mock draft that Rick's going to make fun of me about later. I have them taking Keon Coleman. The Eagles do a 22nd. So, Rick and or Debo, you'd rather have Cooper DeGene or Kool-Aid McKinstry, I'm hearing? Yes. Cooper. Cooper, all the way. What about... Real quick on that. I've been I've been talking to BMAC. He thinks Kool-Aid... Is, is going to suffer a fall, maybe not like Keely Ringo last year, but certainly out of the first round. Would you agree with that at this point? The concern is I, the speed, Rick? No, there's some other things. Oh, okay. So even being even a 4-6 is not the biggest issue, perhaps. All right. Well, I'm giving them to the, to the Eagles then. That's all I needed to hear. They're going to trade up to take them in the top five. Yeah, ahead of Drake May. Ahead of Drake He's May. He's not going until the middle of the... Third the, round. The third round, along with JJ McCarthy. Can we game. bet? Can I bet JJ McCarthy goes in the first round? Does he go ahead of Michael Penix Jr.? I, I I'm just betting because you don't. I'll bet you he goes in the top fifty. One dollar that he goes in the top fifty. There's a big discrepancy between the first round and the top fifty. I mean, you what? didn't even have him in your top fifty. Depot, put down a dollar that J.J. McCarthy goes in the top 50 of this next year's draft. Uh, that's fine. I don't care. I'll buy Rick another coffee drink if that's what it means to keep him happy. All right. That's it. Debo, what are we doing Thursday? Hopefully, no more dollar bets. You won't be able to afford to go <laughs> yeah. to the combine. I'll be, living, I'll be doing the podcast from a tent. 
We're going to be running through post-Super Bowl mock now that the entire draft order is set and mixing some other things as well. All right. We'll look forward to that. Rick, get your mind right. Rick is back on the full schedule. He and I will be doing HQ shortly on Tuesday. So if you listen to this as it comes out, check that out. Otherwise, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks, you guys, who watch and listen. Keep the five-star reviews coming. They're still coming in. Debo said we're going to hit on those soon. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you guys later. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.